This is Tina Douglas, and you're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast with your host, my husband, Liam Douglas. Enjoy! Greetings, everybody. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 186. So, as normal, being this is Sunday, September 19th, 2021, I am covering the latest weekly news and rumors roundup from the big four rumor sites of Canon Rumors, Nikon Rumors, Fuji Rumors, and Sony Alpha Rumors. So let's head on over to Canon Rumors first and see what they have for us this week. Let's do this! All right, first up, Canon officially announces the Canon EOS R3. Melville, New York, September 14th, 2021. Building on the success of the EOS R camera series, Canon USA Inc., a leader in digital imaging solutions, today announced the next leap forward in full-frame mirrorless cameras, the professional-grade Canon EOS R3. The new camera leverages the advancements in technology that Canon has developed since the original EOS R launch in 2018 and bridges the gap between the immensely popular R5 and the world-renowned Canon flagship EOS 1DX line. The EOS R3 is the first 3-series camera from Canon since the widely used EOS 3 film camera launched in 1998. You can pre-order the Canon EOS R3 for $5,999, but the R3 camera's features greatly emphasize superb AF performance and speed with fast-moving subjects. It was designed to meet the reliability and durability demands of professionals, even when working in some extremely challenging conditions. Quote, the launch of the EOS R3 sets a new benchmark for the Canon EOS R camera system. Canon listened carefully to the voices of professionals when developing a camera to meet their standards, said Tatsuro or Tony Kano, Executive Vice President and General Manager of Canon USA's Imaging Technologies and Communications Group. Quote, the Canon EOS R3 is a monumental evolution in digital imaging technology. I look forward to seeing the camera in action on the sidelines of sporting events and in the hands of nature and wildlife photographers across the globe. End quote. The core of the Canon EOS R3 features a Canon-designed and manufactured 24.1 megapixel backside-illuminated stacked CMOS sensor. The sensor is the first of its kind from Canon, and when combined with the Digic X processor, delivers a high-speed readout allowing for continuous blackout-free shooting at up to 30 frames per second in electronic silent shutter mode and up to 12 frames per second in mechanical shutter with minimum rolling electronic shutter distortion. The combination also increases the high sensitivity, light capturing efficiency of native ISO range of 100 to 102,400, expandable up to 204,800 for still images. Like the EOS R5 and the R6, the camera features the improved dual pixel CMOS AF Mark II with 1,053 autofocus points 
and evolved EOS ITR tracking down to EV minus 7.5 for subjects such as eye, face, head, animals, and select cars and motorcycles. In addition, the cameras feature up to eight stops of in-body image stabilization shake correction. Leveraging technology and performance feedback from the popular EOS R5 and R6 cameras, the R3 uses deep learning technology to further enhance eye and body detection for even better performance during portrait and action type shooting. Featuring a new 5.76 million dot and 120 frame per second blackout free electronic viewfinder, the EOS R3 camera will provide photographers with the ability to select the initial area for AF tracking by simply looking directly at the viewfinder location where they want to begin AF. With eye input AF2 and servo AF activated, the camera will focus on and track moving subjects at that location in the frame. When the face detect and tracking is active, the camera will continue to follow moving subjects around the entire active AF area. The Canon R3 camera doesn't just capture spectacular still images, it also packs impressive video specs as well. The camera is capable of shooting 6K 60p raw and 4K 120p 10-bit uncropped video with Canon Log3 support. In addition to the possibility for oversampled 4K and raw movie internal recording. Canon Log3, which is frequently used in cinema production, helps to reduce the possibility of highlight blowouts. What's more, the features such as industry standard BT709, BT2020 color gamuts and cinema gamut help to maintain color and tonal consistency. Coordinated 5-axis IBIS helps to correct operator motion or shaking, providing dependent video capturing even when using a lens without built-in optical IS. Additional features of the R3 mirrorless camera include Canon's next-generation multifunction shoe that is compatible with a variety of accessories, including the Speedlight EL1 and new accessories such as the STE10 Speedlight transmitter external mic, and smartphone link adapter. One-piece magnesium alloy design integrating the body with a vertical grip section, weather and dust resistance, resistance equivalent to the EOS 1D camera line, mobile file transmitter application for iOS and Android devices allows photographers to transfer their images quickly and easily without the need for wired LAN equipment. Built-in wired LAN port, 5 gigahertz Wi-Fi, USB and Bluetooth technology. Dual card slots supporting one CF Express and one UHS-2 SD card. Specifications, availability, and price are subject to change without notice. Actual price prices are set by individual dealers and may vary. So this is definitely some exciting news. We have the official announcement now for the Canon EOS R3. Will you be going out to pick one up? Now, I'm not because I no longer buy the, quote, flagship bodies. I don't have a need for them anymore, and I definitely don't have the need to spend $6,000 on a body that's designed for professional-level sports, which I no longer shoot. If I had the $6,000 to spend right now, as my listeners already know, I'd be spending it on the Fujifilm GFX 100S 100-megapixel 100 medium format body. 
but I don't have that money to burn at the moment. But this is definitely an exciting announcement. Don't get me wrong, I'm not putting it down. This is very, very exciting, especially for the professional sports shooters out there. This is going to be one heck of a workhorse of a camera. And according to Canon, this isn't technically their flagship body. So it sounds like they are still planning to release an R1, which is what I have expected all along. The R3, to be honest, was kind of unexpected for me. I didn't think they were going to go with a uh, semi-flagship. Well, I still say it's a flagship body and then a super flagship body, but I guess that's the route they're going. There's nothing wrong with that. As the article mentioned in the days of film cameras, they did have a three series and they did have a one series. So if they want to have both again, that's their business, I guess. <laughs> but it's definitely some exciting news, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that are anxious and planning already to pre-order that new body. Next up, pre-order the Canon EOS R3 with the RF16 F2.8 STM, RF100-400, F5.6-8, IS, USM, and accessories. You can now pre-order all the new Canon gear. The Canon EOS R3 will begin shipping in late November, and the new lenses will begin shipping in mid-October. The Canon EOS R3 you can pick up for $5,999 US. Uh, the Canon iCup ERHE is $48. The Canon ADE1 multifunction shoe adapter is $39. The Canon STE10 speedlight transmitter is $119. And the Canon DME1D stereo microphone is $299. The Canon ADP1 Android smartphone link adapter is $69. For the lenses, the Canon RF lenses, the RF 16mm f2.8 STM is $299. The Canon EW65C lens hood is $29. The Canon RF 100-400 f5.6-8 ISUSM is $649. And of course, those are American prices. There are also slightly higher prices in the European Union. Uh, but you can go ahead and start placing your pre-orders now. You can find the links to this and all the articles from this week's episode in the show notes as usual. Next up, Gordon Lang from Camera Labs gives his first reviews of the new Canon gear, including the EOS R3. After watching far, far too much YouTube this AM, I came to the conclusion that Gordon Lang's first reviews of Canon's newest gear should give you all you need to know about the EOS R3, the RF16 2.8 STM, and the RF100-400 5.6-8 ISUSM. These reviews are the first of what will likely be a few more in the future from Gordon. And there is a Canon EOS R3 Part 1 video, his 16mm 2.8 video, the 100-400 video. He hasn't released Part 2 uh, for the R3 just yet. You can watch all those on his official YouTube channel. And as I mentioned a moment ago, all of that gear is now available for pre-order. Next up is the Canon EOS R3 Too Rich for Your Blood. Refurbished Canon R5 and R6 bodies are in stock. A lot of people may have been waiting for the announcement of the Canon EOS R3 before making a big buying decision on a Canon mirrorless body. So, if the R3 doesn't fit your needs, now is a good time to grab a refurbished R5 or R6 from the Canon USA online store. 
All of Canon's refurbished gear comes with a full one-year Canon USA warranty. You can get a refurbished EOS R6 body only for $22.49. Regular price is $24.99. And you can get the refurbished R5 body only for $35.09. Regular price is $38.99. But you're going to want to make sure you hurry up and get on over there because, as I've mentioned in numerous past episodes, the Canon USA refurbished online store tends to sell out incredibly fast. Next up, in a shocking development, Canon adds the EOS R3, the RF16 f2.8, the RF100-400 to its list of products with supply issues. Canon has added all the gear announced this week to its list of products that will likely suffer supply issues to meet demand. From Canon, we have received more orders than expected for each of the following products, and it will take some time before delivery. We thank you for your many orders and apologize for any inconvenience caused to our customers. Thank you kindly. We look forward to, or we hope for your understanding. Applicable products are the RF 100-500 F45-71 ISUSM, the RF 100mm F2.8 L Macro ISUSM, the RF 400mm F2.8 L ISUSM, the RF 600mm F4 L ISUSM, ring type tripod mount EB, the RF 14-35 F4 L ISUSM, the Canon EOS R3, the iCup ER-H, the iCup ER-HE, the Strap ER-L1, the RF 100-400 F5-6-8 ISUSM, the RF 16mm F2.8 STM, Lens Hood EW-65C, the Multi-Accessory Shoe Adapter ADE1, Speedlight Transmitter STE10, Multi-Accessory Shoe Directional Stereophone micro, Stereo Microphone DM-ED1 or E1D, and the Multi-Accessory Shoe Smartphone Link Adapter AD-P1. So it looks like all of these items are going to suffer from supply issues, but that's to be expected still, unfortunately. Next up, Canon registers new RF mount lenses. It looks like Canon may have one more lens to announce in 2021. They have registered a new and unreleased lens with the product code 5554C005AA. The latest Canon lens to be announced, the RF 16mm f2.8 STM, has the product code 5051C005. And the 100-400 F5-6-8 ISUSM is the 5050C005. I don't know for sure which lens is being registered here, but if I had to wager a guess based on the Canon Rumors RF lens roadmap, I'd go with the RF 35mm F1.2 LUSM. Again, that's just a guess. I would think a 35L would definitely create enough hype to be announced on its own more to come as it becomes available. And that's going to wrap up Canon Rumors portion of this episode. Now let's head on over to Nikon Rumors and see what they have for us for this week. First up, Nikon software support for Mac OS, Monterey, and Windows 11. Nikon released an update on their software support for macOS Monterey and Windows 11, Nikon macOS Monterey support. Nikon cannot guarantee the operation of the following software until testing is completed. Camera Control Pro 2, 
IPTC Preset Manager, the Nikon Message Center 2, NX Studio, including Nikon Transfer 2, Picture Control Utility 2, Webcam Utility, Wireless Transmitter Utility, formerly WT-4 Setup Utility. Nikon has no plans to support the following software. Camera Control Pro version 1.x, Capture NX2, Capture NX version 1.x, Capture NXD, Key Mission 360-170 Utility, uh, Nike Color Effects Pro 2, Nike Color Effects Pro 3 Complete Edition, Nike Color Effects Pro 3 Select Edition, Nikon Capture Series, Nikon Scan Series, uh, Nikon Transfer version 1.x, Nikon View Series, PCPJ Transfer, Picture Project, Picture Project Cool Picks Remote Control, Sure, uh, short movie creator, thumbnail selector, View NX2, including movie editor, View NX version 1.x, View NXI, including View NX movie editor or Nikon Transfer 2, wireless camera setup utility, wireless connecting utility, and the it looks like it's one WT3 setup utility. Nikon Windows 11 support. Nikon cannot guarantee the operation of the following software until testing is completed. And it's all pretty much the exact same list I just read off for Mac OS Monterey. So all of that stuff is still being tested before it will be officially supported. Next up, Wise announced new CF Express memory cards plus Nikon camera compatibility. Wise announced three new CF Express memory cards, 160 gigabit, 320 gigabit, and 640 gigabit with a minimum sustained write speed of up to 1400 megabits per second. Here is the compatibility chart for Nikon cameras. You can click it for a larger view. So it looks like uh, support for Oh, give me a second here. Let me go ahead and pull up the larger view and see if it's a little bit easier to read. Okay, for the D5 with firmware 1.40 or higher, the D6, the D500 with firmware version 1.30 or higher, the D850 with firmware 1.20 or higher, the Z6 and 7 with firmware 2.2 or higher, the Z62 and Z72, and the Z9 is currently still being tested, but all the other cameras are compatible as long as you have those corresponding firmware update, uh, firmware versions installed. Now, additional information from WISE, CF Express memory cards are sold at B&H Photo. Uh, WISE Advanced unveils next level CF Express Type B Pro CFX B160P, the B320P, and the B640P. And this comes from Taiwan, September 14th, 2021, two years after releasing the CFX B series, WISE Advanced Company Limited. Today added a new pro line of CF Express Type B memory media in 160 gig, 320 and 640 with minimum sustained writes of up to 1400 megabits per second for professional creators that need peace of mind during projects. The YCF Express Type B Pro memory cards are designed with improved product lifespan and sustained speed in applications that require frequent higher levels of data reading and writing. Quote, through customizing NAND commands and firmware algorithms, it optimizes both endurance and performance in line with native SLC NAND, said Jack Sai, senior engineer of Weiss Advanced. 
Quote, the blistering minimum sustained write speed of 13 to 1400 megabits per second sounds like overkill for the current highest camera video requirement, which is around 325 megabits per second in 8K raw 20, uh, 30 frames per second, 12 bit. What that means is in today's cameras, it's nearly impossible to drop any frames or lose any data because the write speed is much more than enough for the current codecs. Quote, however, we are excited to see faster video codecs with more pristine details in the near future, added Frank Wayne, founder and CEO of Wise Advanced. Actually, we did a fun media test for our pro cards by using our card reader and USB 3.2 Gen 2 cable connected to the Blackmagic Ursa Mini Pro 12K. As per our expectations, the media successfully recorded without dropping any frames in 12K DCI Blackmagic RAW 5.140p, which maxed out the constant bitrate requiring around 963 megabits per second sustained writes. We are excited for the new group of cameras that will be released to take advantage of this new card. Quote, regarding photography, we look forward to seeing the expanding buffer on the upcoming flagship models, such as the Canon EOS R3 and the Nikon Z9, so that professional photographers are able to achieve continuous high-res burst shooting with shorter reload times. So that's definitely an exciting bit of news, and I bet a lot of people are going to be very excited to be picking up those new Wise CF Express Type B Pro Class memory cards. Next up, Nikon and Unistellar announced a new digital astronomical telescope camera, EVScope 2. Nikon and Unistellar announced this new digital astronomical telescope camera. Both companies announced in a joint uh, development agreement a few months ago. If you remember, I talked about it on this show before. You can visit the EVScope 2 product page, the EVScope 2 versus Equinox comparison, and the EVScope 2 main features. And it says the universe awaits integrated intelligent image processing and light pollution reduction, autonomous field detection for setup time under one minute, Nikon designed eyepiece onboard computer with 35H of observation storage capacity for science missions, motorized Alt-AZ mount, sturdy tripod with extendable legs and integrated level, built-in battery with up to 10 hours of battery life, transportation backpack, app with 5.000 plus objects catalog and its future updates available on iOS and Android systems. Minimum requirements is iOS 12 or Android 6 with touchscreen, GPS, and Wi-Fi. Unistellar network membership is also required. So this is definitely a bit of exciting news. There is the uh, the accompanying press release is attached, but I'm not going to read all of that because uh, I don't want to bore my listeners. But you can also check out the official YouTube videos from the product's official YouTube channel. It does look like some exciting new gear for those that like to gaze at the stars and also photograph objects in the Milky Way galaxy. Definitely some exciting stuff. Next up, the Nikon Nikkor Z 40mm f2 lens comparisons. Size, side-by-side comparison of the new Nikkor Z 40mm f2 lens with the 28mm f1.8, the 35 1.8, the 50mm 1.8 Z lenses. And you can click for a larger view. Let's see, the Nikkor Z 40 f2 lens versus the Sigma 45 f2.8 DGDN contemporary lens for the Sony E-mount. So you can see those compared side-by-side. 
Specification comparison of the Nikkor Z 40mm f2 with the 28 f2.8, the 35 f1.8, and the 50mm f1.8 Z lenses. So it's definitely a little bit of exciting information here. It goes over the lens construction for all of the lenses. And I will, of course, have this all in the show notes for this episode so that you can check it out for yourself. Next up, additional information on the new Viltrox 35mm f1.8 AF-Z lens. There are some accompanying sample images here, which look fantastic, as well as some other uh, media uh, objects as well, uh, press release type items. You can pre-order the Viltrox 35mm f1.8 AF-Z lens at Adorama, B&H Photo, eBay, Amazon US, Amazon Canada, Amazon UK, Amazon Denmark, Amazon France. At the Viltrox store, use code Nikon Rumors for 10% off. And you can also pre order it from Pergear with free international shipping to most countries. And the last up from Nikon Rumors for this week TechArc. Art, uh, uh, Tech Art uh, released a new TZE-02 Sony E-Lens to Nikon Z-Mount adapter. Tech Art released a new TZE-02 Sony E-Lens to Nikon Z-Mount adapter. This is an improved version of the previous TZE-01 model. Stabilization is now possible also with manual focus lenses. The new adapter is now available for pre-order at B&H Photo. And this is definitely some exciting information, um, especially since the first one was not capable of stabilization, but it looks like the new one is even with manual only lenses. And it's not a bad price. You can pick this adapter up. You can pre-order it now for $249. So not a bad price at all. All right, and that is going to wrap up Nikon Rumors for this week. And now we'll head on over to Fuji Rumors and see what he has in store for us. First up, the mysterious Fujifilm FF21005 camera is the X-T30 Mark II. Recently, the registration for the Fujifilm F21005 camera was spotted. We immediately told you that it is probability just uh, probably just the Fujifilm X-T32, which is now being confirmed at an Indonesian Certification Institute via Nokashita. We already told you that it can happen that registrations are spotted after the camera actually was announced. It was the case also with the XE4 earlier this year, and that according to our sources, there won't be any more MK2 cameras for this year. So that answers that one. Next up, the Fujifilm NP-W235 discontinued and my first third-party battery failed. The original Fujifilm NPW235 battery is now discontinued to Amazon US. Uh, here you can save 14%. It works with the Fujifilm X-T4, the GFX100S, and the GFX50S Mark II. At the end of the day, the original batteries probably remain the best pick. I have had great experience with third-party batteries, but just until a few days ago. In fact, I was using my lovely Fujifilm XE. Three with my so far favorite third party Petona battery. When I tried to swap out batteries, the Petona did not slide out anymore. For some reason, it did swell and I had to fiddle around to get it out. So far, something like that has never happened to me with any original Fujifilm battery. Maybe I will post a picture of that later on my Instagram, but I think you got what I mean. 
So after years of great service, the Patona failed on me, and yet I feel I can't complain anyway as the price is just so much more affordable that I feel fine if it does not last as long as the original Fujifilm battery. So I would have to agree with him there, but it does kind of suck that the battery swelled up and he was almost not able to get it out of the body. Next up, seven artisans, 25 millimeter F095 sample images, additional details, and more. We have already shared a first review about the upcoming seven artisans F. Uh, 25mm F095 in this accompanying article. Now more pictures and details have been shared by seven artisans on the Chinese social media Weibo, which you can find down below. The full presentation, Seven Craftsmen is about to release a new product, the 25mm F095 APS-C Large Aperture Wide Angle Lens, which together with the recently released 50mm F095 and the 35F095 form the Firefly series featuring a super large aperture as its main feature. This is a half frame lens suitable for shooting small scenery and environmental portrait content. The supported mount is EZX Micro Four Thirds EOS MRL. R&L mount will be available later, later on. The new product is expected to open at the end of September. The price will be announced later on. The image quality is excellent. The large aperture also has an excellent resolution. The 25mm F095 APS-C lens adopts 11 optical structures in nine groups, all using Hoya high-quality lenses, including three Hoya ultra-low dispersion lenses to suppress spherical aberration and coma that negatively affect resolution performance aberrations and can reduce color overflow caused by axial dispersion, thereby improving the image quality of shooting with a large aperture and increasing the resolution of the lens. The 25 millimeter focal length, small wide angle to accommodate more details, different from the commonly used 3550 focal length, the new product released this time selects 25 millimeters, which is a small wide angle and large aperture model that is rarely seen in the market for half frame lenses. As a small wide angle lens, it can accommodate more landscape and details when shooting. It is especially suitable for travel photography and it can better integrate with the landscape when shooting portraits. The sharp image and soft blur effect can make it an excellent choice for a variety of scenes from landscape portraits to still lifes. The F095 large aperture enjoy beautiful blur. The large aperture has great advantages for shooting in low light conditions. The larger amount of light can make the viewfinder brighter and easier for the photographer to observe the subject. Compared with the same focal length small aperture lens, it can now uh, have a faster shutter, lower ISO, and better night scene performance. At the same time, the shallow depth of field created by the F095 can achieve the knife-sharp milking effect most players want. The picture is more transparent, the colors are more vivid and vivid, and the picture is full and vivid in the small aperture lens. Players can enjoy the rich photography pleasure. Boy, you can tell these, <laughs> they definitely don't do a great job of uh, presenting their uh, thoughts in English when Chinese is their native language. Focus at 0.25 meters, recently experienced the fun of macro. The closest focusing distance of 0.25 meters in the F095 super large aperture can easily shoot still life images with beautiful blur effects and experience the fun of still life shooting and macro shooting. Small breathing effect, better for shooting video with stepless aperture. 
Compared with other models, the 25mm F095 can control the breathing effect better, especially the breathing at, in the center of the screen is very slight. The lens adopts a stepless aperture design, which can complete a very smooth aperture change when shooting video without the sound of the aperture switching. At the same time, the focus ring and aperture ring of the lens have moderate dampening, both uh, smooth and good control. The lens is a good choice for video shooting. The mechanical structure, uh, structure of the lens is made of metal parts, and the new casing oxidization, oxidation process makes it more water-resistant, oil-resistant, and corrosion-resistant, and it is not easy to absorb dust, making cleaning difficult. At the same time, the bayonet part is upgraded to a more robust and durable, and the color and texture of the electroplated tungsten steel is much better. And there are some great sample images taken with that lens that you can check out for yourself in the show notes for this episode. And I'm going to take a short break right here and I will be right back. We hope you're enjoying this edition of the Liam Photography Podcast. The best way to support the show is to subscribe in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or anywhere else that you get your podcasts. If you want to leave comments or suggestions for future episodes, you can call or text the show at area code 470-294-8191, and you can email the show at liam at liamphotographypodcast.com. You can find the show notes and links at liamphotographypodcast.com, and you can tweet the show at liamphotoatl using the hashtag. Hashtag Liam Photo Podcast. And now back to the show. And we're back. Next up, TT Artisan 23mm F5.6 for Fujifilm X coming to. Fuji Rumors has already shared the TT Artisan lens roadmap for Fujifilm X and GFX mount, which includes the first TT Artisan autofocus lens for the Fujifilm X mount. The roadmap has been passed to me directly by TT Artisan, so no need to take it with a grain of salt. However, now at the Pergear website, the same TT Artisan roadmap was published with the addition of a lens not included in the one that had been provided to me by TT Artisan, and it's the TT Artisan 23mm f5.6. I assume that Pergear has received an updated roadmap from TT Artisan, hence we will now include this lens in our roadmap as well. September, the APS-C 40mm f2.8 macro lens with Sony, Fuji, Canon, Micro Four Thirds, Z, and L mount. September, 90mm f1.25 lens with Fuji e mount, or Sony E mount and Fujifilm GFX mount. October, the APS-C 23mm f1.4 lens with Sony, Fuji, Canon, Micro Four Thirds mount. In November or December, we'll get the 28mm f5.6 with the Leica M mount. In the future, we'll get an autofocus lens for Fujifilm, and in the future, we'll get a TT Artisan 23mm f5.6 uh, with the Fuji X mount as well. So definitely some interesting lenses coming from TT Artisans. Next up, the error Fujifilm is doing and Sony not. Weekend thoughts, there are a lot of differences between Fujifilm and Sony, and I believe each company could learn some things from each other. But today I'd like to focus on one aspect that I believe Sony and other brands are doing right and Fujifilm should copy. Let's talk about it. Sony basically uses the same unchanged design and ergonomics for all cameras with minor tweaks over the year. 
What changes is the sensor inside? The A7S, low resolution, good for video and low light photography. The A7, medium resolution, all rounder camera or sweet spot camera. The A7R is the high resolution camera line, higher image quality, but much more expensive. The A9 is the stack sensor for sports and wildlife and etc. So far, Fujifilm went the opposite way. They used the same sensor for all new cameras, currently 26 megapixels. The next generation will be a 40 megapixel, but they do not uh, regurgitate the same mainstream form factor over and over again and force photographers to adapt to that specific photographic experience. Fujifilm plays around with the form factor in order to deliver such variety of camera bodies that it will be easier for photographers to find that one camera that suits his or her photographic, artistic, and creative needs best. However, what Fujifilm does, it is not really cost-effective. It would be much cheaper to pick one design and keep that one over and over again a la Sony. The fact that only Fuji does offer different body designs is also testimony of that huge photographic culture Fujifilm Fuji carries in its DNA, and it's the reason why Fuji cameras are fun to shoot with. But the market dictates the rules, and if you want to stay in the business, you have to listen to it. And if Sony's and Canon's success tells us something, then it's... Then it's that offering different types of sensors and a variety of new camera models is well received by the market. Hence, I feel that there is need of product differentiation, not only in terms of ergonomics, but also in terms of sensors. So how could it look? Well, I made a list of possible cameras below, taking as a base the XT body design. Note, not rumored cameras, They're ju they just serve as an example on how Fujifilm could differentiate its cameras even further. The Fujifilm X-T5 with around 28 megapixel, no exp uh, expensive stack sensor, more affordable and still fast sensor readout due to only 28 megapixels on, the tw on an APS-C sensor. The Fujifilm X-T5R with around 40 megapixels, non-stacked, more expensive, but not stacked to avoid to make it overly expensive, a bit slower sensor readout than the 28 megapixel version. And then a Fujifilm X-T5S with around 40 megapixels stacked sensor with super fast sensor readout while keeping high megapixel count would be the most expensive option. So yes, I believe Fujifilm should stop to pick one sensor only and use that one for all cameras, but mix up things a bit. Use different sensors in the same camera body that would offer to Fujifilm X shooters the ultimate flexibility. Is this something Fujifilm will do with the Fujifilm X-H2, which will come in two variants as Fuji Rumors readers know already? Honestly, I don't know. I could... It could well be the same sensor in different form factors, one more video-oriented with an external fan, selfie screen, etc., and one more stills-oriented with a three-way tilt screen and more compact size. What we know is that the recent Fujifilm X Summit, Fujifilm teased one new sensor coming, not two. I will investigate and let you know as soon as I can. Until then, I'd love to hear from you what you think. Feel free to vote in the survey down below to comment. Regarding the differentiating its products, Fujifilm should keep the very same sensor on all new cameras, offer different sensor options in the same camera body, or I don't know. And you can vote and see. 
I would say offer different sensor options in the same camera body. And I'm going to go ahead and vote. And it looks like my choice uh, is in second place. Keep the very same sensor on all new cameras. It's slightly higher at 860 votes currently to 844 for the option I picked. And I don't know, was it 14% or 281 votes? And last up for Fuji rumors for this week, Fujifilm X Summit talk with Jonas Rask, XF 33mm f1.4 versus the XF 35 1.4, Fuji Guys XF 50s2 unboxing and more. It seems like an eternity, but it was just a bit more than two weeks ago that Fujifilm launched plenty of new gear and they will ship sometime in 2023, jokingly. So let's use this weekend to catch up with some coverage that has been shared since then. You can find it all down below. But before that, in case you just came back from holiday and wonder what the heck you might have missed, here's a recap of the previous Fujifilm X Summer coverage articles. Uh, and I'm not going to go through all of that again. You can read it for yourself in the Fujifilm X Summit Review Roundup. But it's definitely a bunch of exciting news. And we'll just have to wait and see where things go for Fujifilm from here. And now we're going to head on over to Sony Alpha Rumors. First up, new leaked leaflet and images about the Tamron 35-150 f2 2.8 and the 28-75 f2.8 lenses. Uh, it's definitely interesting to see these leaked leaflets here about these two new lenses, as well as some still images provided via Nokashida. Uh, but there's not much else in that particular article, so we will move on. Next up, rumor Sony A7 IV has A7S3 body, same A7S3 heatsink, and takes SD and CF Express A cards. I've been told that the A7 IV has basically the same A7S3 body. It means it also has the same heatsink and an HDMI uh, Type A port and can take both UHS 2 SD cards and CF Express A cards. Here are the Sony A7 IV rumored specs. Launch in October if chip supply permits this. Newly developed 33 megapixel sensor, 4K 30 video is oversampled from 7K, 5.5 stops of IBIS plus AS, same A7 S3 body design, full-size HDMI, and UHS 2 SD card slots and CF Express cards combination slots. So definitely interesting. Uh, hopefully it ends up being true. But as I've warned you before, take everything from Sony Rumors with a grain of salt because his track record on accuracy is only about 5 to 10%. Next up, the A7R2 has been discontinued. It's marked as discontinued at B&H Photo, so another one bites the dust. You can no longer buy one of these from B&H Photo unless it's a used one. They do show one used one available at $981.95 for the body only. Next up, wild rumor, new Sigma 70 to 200 millimeter FE coming, and it weighs 1,050 grams. Back in February, Sigma CEO hinted that a 70 to 200 f2.8 FE lens would come, but we haven't heard anything about this until now. One source now appears to have gotten some info about the lens. All he sent me was the weight info. The new Sigma S70 to 200 weighs only 1,050 grams. No idea when this will be announced, but I guess that if his info is correct, the lens should be announced within the end of this year, but we'll have to wait and see.
Next up, Tamron shared the aperture range of the new 35 to 150 f2.0 to 2.8 lens. This is the aperture through, uh, throughout the entire zoom range of the new 35 to 150 f2.0 to 2.8 FE lens. F2 is from 35 to 40. F2.2 is 40 to 60. F2.5 is 60 to 80. And anything 80 and above is F2.8. So there you have it. And last up from Sony Rumors for this week, Mark Gaylor, best lens choice for Sony full-frame cameras. Uh, Mark has posted his list on YouTube of the best lenses that you can buy for Sony full-frame cameras. You can check out the video on his YouTube channel. He is a Sony ambassador. And that is going to wrap up all the news and rumors for this week. Remember to check out the Liam Photography Podcast Facebook group. It is a private group, and you must answer a security question to join, which is the name of the host of the show, myself, Liam. And I've also opened it up to allow you to give the name of a previous guest on the show to show that you are a listener. Once you are in the group, you are free to post your own original work. I'm also the admin of the Fujifilm GFX 50R group, which is the largest group for the 50R on Facebook. If you own or plan to own the 50R, you can request to join that group, but you do have to answer two security questions to join that group. You can find my work at liamphotography.net and follow me on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at liamphotoatl. If you like abandoned buildings and history, you can find my projects at forgottenpiecesofgeorgia.com and forgottenpiecesofpennsylvania.com. All right, and that is going to wrap up episode 186 of the Liam Photography Podcast. I want to thank all of my listeners once again for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in Apple Podcasts and anywhere else you might be getting your podcast. If you're not already a subscriber, why not? It's absolutely free. Just go ahead and hit that subscribe button in whatever podcast playing app that you use and you become a member of our audience. If everybody would share out this show and we picked up one new subscriber, that would double the audience right there and we'd greatly appreciate it. Now, if you'd be so kind, you can also stop by the Liam Photography YouTube channel, uh, subscribe to the channel, watch the videos, like them, share them out, comment on them, hit the little bell icon so you can be notified as new content drop. I did just drop a new video today on the new Fazatan RGB HSI LED panel light, which can be mounted on the top of your camera, or you can use it on a tripod or light stand or whatever your choice may be. It is USB-C rechargeable and offers a wide range of color modes, as well as uh, pure white daylight and the warmer tungsten mode. It is a great light, very well constructed, so check out that video on my YouTube channel. And if you'd be so kind, you could also stop by Forgotten Pieces of Georgia and and Pennsylvania channels and give them some love as well. All right, that's going to wrap up this episode, and I will see you all again on Thursday.